Hello, welcome to Geeks Unleashed. This is episode 115. Uh, as usual, I'm Mark. I'm Jasmine. And our podcast mission statement is that each week we will be talking about our current viewing, reading, or playing geeky habits. We're also mixing in a bit of pop culture's latest news and watching a comic book or gaming movie or TV show, well, related movie or TV show. So, Ish. I need to, we're in I, the I, realm. I need, yeah, within the realm. <laughs> yeah, you know, like, like, like sometimes connected loosely. But yes. We're, we're, we're trying to more of have a focus now. So, yeah, yeah, we're working on it. And if you are watching on YouTube, thank you so much. We appreciate that. We would also love it if you would like this video and subscribe to our channel. If you are listening on your favorite podcast platform, we appreciate that as well. We would also very much love it if you would leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts or Podchaser. And lastly, please feel free to throw us all your money uh, in the well, street. Maybe not as we're all of it. Down, I like, mean, like, you know. <laughs> throw coins and cash at us as we're walking down the street. No, we have a link for more sensible modern times. Ko-fi, please dip dip in. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, Buy us a coffee. Pound, there you go. The odd pound or uh, quid um, or dollar. There, there, you know. We accept all currencies. I had a question the other day from somebody on your side of the ocean. What is the difference between a pound and a quid? I said nothing. They are the same thing. So, They're just different. Uh, it's like a buck and a dollar. Yeah, basically. Yeah. Quid is like a slang word. Yeah. Pound, pound, a pound. So we have pounds, you have dollars. And uh-huh. like you say, you call them bucks for, for slang. We call them quids for slang. So that just, they, where does it even come from? Like, do you, do you know the origin of quid? No, I could Google it. <laughs> It's never, it's, you know, it's never been on my mind to even wonder. It's just something I've grown up with. Like I've got, like you know, it's, it's like as you're walking out the door, I've got a couple of quid. Actually, I need something for the parking. Or no, yeah. to be honest, most parking now is my card. But uh, you know, like if you if you know, or like when my uh, kids for school, you know, the school disco. Actually, a lot of that stuff in the school now is also done on an app. Like yes, um, I don't know honest, how I feel about cashless. I think like I don't think I'm ready for completely cashless yet. I'm not there yet. I've been like going I still keep cash on me. I was gonna say I've been on Facebook Marketplace uh, recently, and um, I picked up Yoshi on the DS mm-hmm. um, earlier in the week, and uh, I picked that up for five quid, and that <laughs> actually was five pound coins that I gave the lady because I had cha- I had change. I had a little piggy bank which a couple I had a couple of quid in, and I had some in my pocket, and um, it was just easy just to grab five pound coins. And, yeah. Um, so, so I said hey, here, like she gave me a game. I said here's five quid. There you go. Boom. And um, so there you go. Uh, nice. All right. All right. So just so, I think slang. I always figured good, that was the case, but I was never quite sure. Oh, did you not? Oh, did you not know either? Okay. No. So. I should have asked, but I didn't. <laughs> uh, my kids still laugh about the fact that uh, you didn't know what squash was. They bring that up occasionally. So I, you kept saying that, and and then you kept like referring to a drink, and in my mind, I'm thinking the vegetable, and I'm like, uh, I don't know about this, Mark. And you're like, no, it has bubbles, and I'm like, ah, I don't know. No, about- no, no, no. Squash, no, squash doesn't have bubbles. Oh, I thought squash- it did. No, squash is water, just plain water. You put in squash is like, I don't know, uh, tiny, thin. You know, depends how how strong you want the squash, but basically you dilute it. So you just pour in a thin layer into your glass, and then you pour the water in and have a whole glass of water. And basically, it's like flavored water, really. But the okay, more yeah. of the squash you put in, the stronger it will be. So mm-hmm. you kind of, I mean, the other danger is you have it so thin, it just literally is tastes like water. But you kind yeah. of have to find a, a good, comfortable ground for yourself. And um, 
and there you go so i was going to bring some with me when we got to america and i forgot i was going to give you a bottle and then my my youngest daughter reminded me when we were in new york they're like did you bring the squash i was like no <laughs> too late to remind me now in new york like, so i've been saying for ages i was going to bring a bottle of squash for you and i forgot and then uh, yeah. Oh, that would have been funny. That's okay. Next time I come to London, well, oh, next time when whenever I come to London for the first time, I've never been to London. Uh, I thought you were coming you this to, year. Uh, well, a lot of things year. were supposed to happen this year. So. Uh... Oh no! You're telling me you're not coming. <laughs> I thought you were going to. I'll be close. For... I'll be in Italy. That's, that's what as, I mean. That's, that's as close I mean. as I'm going to get to you. I thought you were going to try and get like a one like a one night over or something. Well, I'll see. I'll see. I'll see what I can swing. Try and get one night or even okay. two. I'll see what I can swing. Oh no, not a week. <laughs> you know, if you did get a couple of days if you did get a couple of days we could do an episode together like oh that'd be fun you, you could sit in my cold garage right now i don't and, know uh, about th- well it shouldn't be uh, hopefully it's not too cold because I'll, I'll be there in may <laughs> oh it won't oh it won't be cold then okay cold now. No. <laughs> i was like i don't know so don't put me in the frozen tundra man no no well no it's, no, it's really sunny out there now it's actually really warm so. i don't know that i trust your definition of warm though mark it's warmer then okay <laughs> There's no ice on the ground. Okay, the well. <laughs> no. Anyway, um, before we jump into anything, uh, we're not going to cover any news this week, but uh, have you been watching or reading or playing anything or doing anything? Uh, no, catching up on my usual, catching up on some K-dramas. I've actually been watching a couple of Thai dramas that I had been following for a little while. So, um, nope, just watching my dubs. That's all. Or no, I'm sorry, my subs. They're all subtitled. Lots of reading. I, I haven't watched anything current. We've been, because I don't know about you, but sometimes you're just so busy and you're tired. Mm-hmm. Like the idea of focusing on something can be quite difficult. Yes. So in 2011, there was a TV show called Pan Am, which I think went on for 12 episodes. Do you remember? Which Margot, Margot Robbie in her first American TV uh, role. She came from fresh from Australia playing, playing I don't know who she played, but it was, she was in Neighbours. Uh, and Neighbours is an Australian soap, uh, which actually got cancelled. Every Australian actor ever has been oh, on Neighbours at some point. <laughs> Or every English. single one of them they, they, like they all of the cast of spartacus all of them were all on neighbors at some point <laughs> so, so neighbors came to an end last year however amazon have picked it up and they are going to be bringing it back so i think it went on for like 37 or 38 years and oh my gosh. Lo- lo- loads of people came back for the final uh few episodes of yeah. neighbors Kylie minogue um jason donovan uh guy pierce actually came back for like a good a good chunk like 10 really episodes. Yeah, yeah, he came back for quite a while. And then the final ever episode, even Margot Robbie had a tiny little, um, you know, videoed herself in. Because they, they did what they did. It was that they do these clever things. They had an event. So somebody had a wedding. And then she did a video recording. There's a bunch of people who did video recordings, uh, like Holly Valance and stuff like that. Anyway, so rewind back to 2011 before Margot Robbie was as big as she is now. She did a, a show called Pan Am, which I did watch when it came out. Um, and for some reason, I went back to start rewatching it the other day, and me and my wife have been working our way through Pan Am. And uh-huh. do you know what? It, it's a really good show. It's yeah. so unfortunate they got cancelled. Christina Ricci is really standout in that role. She's plays such a good character. Mm-hmm. Uh, so although it's got cancelled, I do remember they kind of ended it nicely. It didn't end on a cliffhanger. They must have said, "Look, we're not carrying on with it." So. Yeah. It might be 14 episodes. I'll have to check. But yeah, the we're heyday about... of air travel in the US. Uh, Pan Am. Well, I mean, that was the airline. Well, yeah, the way they are in there is very much like almost mm-hmm. how Virgin is now. So yeah. 
uh they're very much you can see they're well thought of and stuff like that but yeah i i've been watching that it's a nice easy show to watch one of the things there's a backstory of one of the characters is a spy uh so Ooh. she's she's a courier she's an air stewardess plus she's a courier so they will have normally what happens is in the airport her handler meets her passes her something and says look when you land in london go to this pub um and then you know this is what you've got to say and etc but mm-hmm. it always seems to go wrong and she ends up in some kind of caper or uh one of one of the things was that she was getting whatever she was getting was from another courier and she had to help say this in germany and had to help help them you know get out and yeah, yeah. and then uh then she ends up falling in love with uh, a russian spy of course uh, uh he, he's in it for two or three episodes and um it's quite weird. There's quite a few famous faces in it. The guy who plays um, the new Hellboy is in it. As oh, a, okay. Uh, oh, I've forgotten his name, but uh, he's in it. He cameos. David Harbour. Yeah, yeah. He cameos quite a lot in it. So he, he sort of will show up sometimes in one episode for like 30 seconds. It's very minor role for him. Uh, so, uh, and then the, the, the last episode, I think I watched, he's in like the whole episode or the, he's in like both episodes. It's mm-hmm. like, it was like a two-parter. But no, it's good. Like, I, you know, I know it got cancelled, but because it does have an end, I, I did like I say I remember it having an end. I, I just go people go back and watch it. Honestly, it's a good good show, and it's not it's not a horrible show. I don't think it is well written, and yeah, um, it is crazy watching something of that time because there there's some really awful scenes about like how women are treated. Like mm-hmm. there was there was a scene where Christina Rishi's in. You know they have in the planes the little sections where they have their food and their drink where the air stewardesses mm-hmm. normally are, or air stewards or stewardesses are on their own. You know, uh, some passenger follows her in and gets handsy with her, and uh, I, I can't remember. Oh, she stabs him like, and, uh, <laughs> like yes, so, and, and that is then, the appropriate uh, response. And then the end. The, the pilot basically has to undo all the damage to him because this guy is like, "Look, I'm going to get you fired, etc." and and that again was of that time even though she defended herself she probably would have got sacked so yeah. uh and then there was another scene where there was a uh so they i always find it funny on this on this thing they always have the same pilot co-pilot the same four stewardesses but every now and again they do try to mix it up so their main yeah. pilot couldn't make that flight so they brought in this older um much more sexist um of course pilot and he at one point asked Margot Robbie to clean the counter of his plane. So she's leaning forward and he's literally like looking down at top and she deliberately spills his coffee over, over him. And, and like, and again, uh, well, the co-pilot basically launches in and saves her, but he does it very differently. And, um, but yeah, it's just like, again, men throwing their weight around, but other than that, obviously does highlight some of the things of the times um i i I would say it is good it is a good show to watch though it's it's one of those nice shows where everybody's nice to each other but there is confrontational moments throughout because clearly you'd never want to watch a show where there isn't any kind of confrontation or yeah or or, something didn't happen yeah yeah, something didn't happen but no there's it is a nice show to watch i i enjoy it i i like the spy part and it has made me wonder did that actually happen? Did of stewards, course, stewards I'm get sure. Like, because they would have even flown because the, in the restrictions weren't as bad back then. Like, yeah, you know, nobody was taking their shoes off or any of that crap that we have to do now. Like, none of that was happening. Oh yeah, I wonder. Probably drugs were probably easily smuggled in and out. So yeah, yeah, I'm sure. <laughs> yeah, like, I would imagine there was a lot that got smuggled in and out, but information was probably really vitally key. So yeah. 
Um, there's one episode, I think it was, might have been the pilot, where, oh, oh, that's it. Her name's Kate. She's the, um, that's sort of the um, spy, um, et cetera. And she, she, she's told what her first mission is. She has to get the passport from this guy's bag, like take a picture of it and put it back. But actually he take is- Take a uh, picture? How? Like, I think she's given a camera or something. I can't remember what it is she has to do now, but she has to get the passport or something and then put it back uh-huh. all, without, all without him seeing. And at the end of the, when they land, she's then told that actually he was an American agent and this was a test to see if she could do it. Um, so that was quite good, I thought, as well, because I thought they would never just throw her out like without any real testing and training yeah. and stuff like that. So, And because she does work for Pan Am, they couldn't really send her off for six months in cia school they right. would have, they, it would have, like, it would have CIA to be a school where can i apply for cia school mark <laughs> well you know they must was what's the um what's, what's that fbi place they go oh quantico yeah don't they sometimes train don't the cia train at quantico as well uh i don't know okay I, don't know I might be making stuff up there like, <laughs> i'm sure they have an office so <laughs> but I'm sure that the CIA have somewhere that they can go to train. But if you're going to get as uh, a Pan Am stewardess to now be your courier, mm-hmm. the training is going to be fairly limited because they're not yeah. going to be able to make you disappear without real explanations right, and raising right. suspicion. So, yeah. Anyway, it's it's a nice show. Like I say, you know, it might not be for you, Jasmine, but, you know, if you need something, I guess what I would probably say is like bubblegum TV. It's yeah, kind yeah. Of like, it's like that, so... Anyway, we're going to jump into this week's main event, unless you've got anything you want to add. Nah, I don't think anybody's interested in the stuff that I'm watching, so. <laughs> you don't know. Like, so. <laughs> uh, anyway, let's jump into it. So we're going to quickly, we're going to do something different. We're going to throw up the trailer. Um, mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. for those on YouTube, you can see it. For those on podcasting, you can hear it. You should be able it's to hear be it. Werewolf by Night trailer, and then we're going to chat about it. Yeah, because this came out back in October. And I've heard really good things about it. So this was my first time finally like sitting down to watch it. So trailer first and then we'll jump right into it. I do love this intro. This Halloween, you can't escape the shock, the terror of Werewolf by Night. Dun, dun, dun. Tonight... It is every hunter for themselves. Good luck. I'll be rotting for you. (laughs) What a joke. Is a monster masquerading as one of our own. I can't wait to find out what breed of evil you are. For some reason, I didn't expect this to be so much of a creature feature. Please don't do this. Death is coming for you! Werewolf by Night. the dramatics all right disney that trailer that was a good trailer first yeah. and foremost right anyway wealth by night came out in october 2022 it's based off characters from marvel comics the first appearance of the werewolf jack russell mm-hmm. um 
is in Marvel Spotlight issue two, February nineteen seventy two. Probably find that on eBay for quite a few bucks. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, Jack uh, Gomez. Uh, so first appearance of uh, the whale and werewolf by night, October two thousand and twenty. Yeah, so, so he's the second iteration of the werewolf. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So Jack uh, Russell was created by Roy Thomas, Gene Thomas, uh, Jerry Conway. Who people know? Uh, Mike Plug, uh, Jake Gomez was created by Taboo. Oh, oh I didn't realize that. Black Eyed Peas fame. Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, Benjamin Jackendorf. Uh, what great surname, Jackendorf. Uh, Scott Eaton. <laughs> and the first appearance of Man Thing, Savage Tales number one in May of 71. Man Thing was created by Stanley, Roy Thomas, Jerry Conway, and Gary Morrow. Written by Heather Quinn and Peter Cameron and directed by Michael Giancino. Giacchino. Okay, there you go. Giacchino, there you go. And it stars Gael Garcia Bernal of Itumama Tambien fame and Laura Donnelly and Harriet Samson Harris. Uh, so actually, yeah, release date was October 7th, 2022, and the running time was 53 minutes. Like I say, the this TV is more special. of a TV special than a movie itself. So yeah. before we right. go any further, though, Music also was by Michael Giacchino. Is that right? Giacchino. Mm-hmm. There you go. Like there you go. So, um, yeah. So, so funny thing. Like when I first realized that he was directing, I was very confused because I know Michael Giacchino as a composer. I did not know he actually directed things. And we're talking like he's won. He won most of his awards for Up. He's got an Oscar, a Golden Globe, an Emmy, and three Grammys. And of all of those, most of them are for Up. And then he also has a Grammy for Ratatouille for yeah, so he his composed, work as a composer. He composed all of the music for this. So. Yes. he does. I mean, you have heard his work. Like, obviously, he did Up. He does a lot with Pixar. He also did The Incredibles. Um, he's done quite a few things. He's also done some Marvel stuff before. Uh, I think he had a lot to do with Doctor Strange. Um but yeah, so I knew him as a composer, did not know that he was a director. So when I first sat down for this, I was like, wow, that's that's a jump. You don't usually see composers jump into like directing live action things like composers usually tend to stay composers. This um, is who, who you know, I guess, I guess. So another fun fact about Werewolf by Night, this actually had been optioned way back in 2001 to be a film. Um and it was uh, attached to it at the time from the Sony Spider-Man trilogy. Uh, it was Ari and Avi Arad were tied on to be producers and supposedly writers for the first iteration of this film that was in the works back in 2001. Obviously, that didn't happen. Uh, it, they changed writers a bunch of times. And by 2006, they finally just kind of like scrapped the whole project. But Marvel refused to give up the rights to Werewolf by Night. And um, they even told Kevin Smith that he could not use the character Werewolf by Night or Man-Thing, actually, in Howard the Duck. So finally, in 2019, they started talking about Werewolf by Night again. And then this is the product of what they started talking about in 2019. So Werewolf by Night, the Marvel Disney Plus TV special um, that we got in 2022. But it's been in talks for a while. I had never even heard of Werewolf by Night before last year. I mean, I'd heard of it for years as a comic, but I had never any interest in reading the comic, which shame on me, um, but I can't read everything. And 
it just didn't ever jump out at me. I'll be honest with you, yeah. Marvel, like, I know people love Blade. And let's be honest, without Blade, we wouldn't be sitting here probably talking about this. Yep. So uh, for those who didn't know, Blade, actually, Marvel was on the verge of bankruptcy. I can't remember the ins and outs of it now, but it made like 130 million or something or other and saved Marvel from bankruptcy. And without Mar- and without Blade, we wouldn't have had the MCU. We without Blade, have- Disney would not have been interested in buying Marvel. No. I mean, I mean some, they may have done. But they went, but they Marvel started the MCU of Iron Man and the Incredible Hulk with Edward Norton and um, uh, damn it, I forgot his name. No, uh, not Ed Norton. Uh, it was Eric Bana. Was well, that was Universal. No, no, sorry, sorry. The MCU movies as we know now. Uh, so it was Incredible Hulk. Um, was done by Marvel. Uh, they so they they lot they they um they borrowed money from a funder. And they secured the rights of their IP, which was they put 10 characters forward, which was Iron Man, the Hulk, and I can't remember the other eight, probably Captain America and Thor, I would imagine. Um, so we had Edward Norton's Incredible Hulk. And um, I've gone blank on his face. Uh, Iron Man. Um, uh, Robert Downey Jr. and Tony Stark. Yeah, yeah, Robert Downey Jr. Yeah, so they, so they... But all of that was because they started to get themselves out. They got themselves out of bankruptcy. They started to make the the company profitable. But and and they knew obviously the the movies were going to help to really really the co- comics make money, but the movies make money money. Yes. And Blade Blade obviously saved them. And uh, we did have funky films like How the Dark. We won't talk about it now. So it is crazy to see without those films, we wouldn't actually have. Uh, without Blade, we wouldn't even be sitting here talking about Werewolf by Night. So my comeback to my point here was I've never really been that overly interested in Marvel's supernatural side of things Mm -hmm. because I've always felt, again, Marvel, even as a comic book company, was always fairly family-friendly, even before Disney bought them, uh, because Stan Lee was always very family-friendly, you know, the comic Mm -hmm. book code authority, et cetera. So I'll be honest, if I'm going to read a werewolf comic... Or, uh, you want something gruesome? Well, yeah, I want I want an actual I want yeah. I don't want it to, I don't want it to be campy and comical because I just wouldn't take it seriously. And Marvel doing supernatural stuff to me in the comic book world just always felt like campy stuff. And yeah. I like the movies like Underworld or, or Blade was brilliant. The movie the movie yes. of Blade was brilliant. The first I, one, <laughs> yeah. And there was a there was a comic that came out years ago from Image Comics called Crimson. Went on for like twenty four uh, issues. Uh, escapes me who wrote it now, but it, it was a comic book uh, about a boy who becomes turned into a vampire, and it mm-hmm. follows him for twenty four issues. And eventually, I think it ends with him becoming human again. But um, it was quite gruesome, and he comes across quite. And it was never comical at any point. And when I do read stuff like that, I want it to be I have a little bit more, I guess, violence, uh, gruesome. So Werewolf by Night is a comic. I just was never, it never really jumped out at me. It, it might not be campy, but I think because Marvel, I felt when they did. When I, they, yeah, but I feel like the time frame, like it came out in 71, like yeah. it's campy. Yeah, it probably was campy. And now yeah. maybe at some point I might pick it up an issue just to... <laughs> be sure just to see <laughs> just to see yeah. so uh so that's why i've never read any of those things i've read the odd blade comic mm. but again it's all very safe and uh and i think i know there was one point um i'm pretty sure they turned jubilee from the x-men into a vampire or something and again that was all uh i think it was brian wood that might have done that 
again it was all very safe mm-hmm. and, and non-violent so <laughs> like, uh anyway that's kind of that's kind of just trying to lay out my groundwork for why i've never really gone down that world with marvel comics in terms of their supernatural offerings yeah well i mean i think that's fair like if if i'm gonna watch like i, I feel like this it's very different like if you're gonna watch the campy stuff like that's what those old school black and white films are for, right? Like the Mm -hmm. old school Frankenstein or, you know, Bride of Frankenstein, that kind of stuff. But like nowadays, if I want to watch a creature feature, like I want to see throats being ripped out. I want to see like heads rolling. Like I want to see all of the awesome gory goodness that we didn't get to see before when the CGI was not up to snuff, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So you had another fun fact for us. Oh no, I already did that one. Oh, okay. Sorry. Oh yeah. I can see it's in the wrong way around. Yeah. My bad. Okay, so summary, <laughs> summary of this movie from IMDb follows a like, oh, I can't even say that word, follows a like, lycanthrope, superhero who fights evil <laughs> using his abilities given to him by a curse brought on by his bloodline. Dun, dun, dun. No. You know what <clears> I gotta <throat> say, these IMDb summaries, like they're short, but they don't really tell you anything about the movie. Nothing at all. Maybe we should go back to doing our own ones. So. <laughs> yeah, our own ones that take 10 minutes. <laughs> um, overall thought on this TV special. So just what, what do you think, actually, just on Marvel? Um, well, uh... I mean, I thought it was cool. Like, I to me, it felt like that old school universal universe of the universal, like, shared yeah. monster. You know, Like, it really had that feeling. Like, it was eerie. It was creepy. The black and white was a really nice touch. Um, but it was also like just long enough that you didn't lose interest. I think mm-hmm. if this had been like a full length film, it would have been, it would have been a bit boring. Um, but I think, you know, I think the way that they did it, the way that they chose to do it with just like just under an hour, it's one of those specials. It's like the Halloween special, you know, and it replaces yeah. one hour of TV. So that's basically what this is. It's like a one hour episode of TV. Um, but it was good. Everything gets wrapped up at the end. It leaves just enough open where you're like, well, what hap- What what could happen next? And what what would this look like if there was a sequel? Um, but at the same time, you're still very satisfied with the ending. Um, so I just, I enjoyed it. I mean, you can kind of, like, there are no surprises. Like, you can definitely see what's coming. Um, I think, I don't know. I, I liked it. I, I like the the vibe of it. I appreciate what they were trying to do. And I appreciate like the homage to the old school, like 1920s kind of horror films. Yeah, I, I think um, I, in terms of this content, and I think you just mentioned a minute ago about Universal's old monster mm-hmm. movie universe. And we've joked on this podcast many times about Tom Cruise and his attempt oh, to re energize yeah. it through The Mummy. But if you think about what they did with Tom Cruise's mummy, where they threw in a lot of stuff because they were trying to world build, mm-hmm. they, they've done the same in this, but they've not done it in a world build sense. Yeah. Um, so I love how they throw up at the very beginning the normal Marvel intro showing the characters, but then they kind of horrify that with like claws and yeah. noises that, that clearly them, they let <clears throat> the audience know this is an MCU you know, movie TV special, yeah, but different, however, yeah. it's off in its own world. Yeah, and then they introduce a lot of characters in this that we may or may not see again, including Man Thing. Predominantly, mm-hmm. someone I think will at some point get his own TV special. Maybe this October we'll hear him, or or down the road. I don't know. Oh yeah, uh, that would be cool. 
So I think they will build enough in this film that it's not over the top like The Mummy with Tom Cruise. Yes. Um, I think, it, like you say, it was kind of a sweet spot. It wasn't a 40-40 minute thing, which was just it would have been a TV episode. Mm-hmm. Um, they just it's it's just really they just tipped it over into ten more minutes. Like like mm-hmm. you say, it was just over fifty minutes long. I think an hour and twenty hour and thirty could have been too long for. Yeah. Really, this is a very short story. Yeah. This is. <laughs> this story has been done many times. Of course. Yeah, you're called to the middle of the night or whatever it is to all sit around a the table. There's this thing that's happened. Secret society, yeah, secret monster society, hunting, yeah. all the stuff. Yeah. yeah. Like, nothing is before. new, but it's still yeah. it's still fun. They do it yeah. in a fun way. Yeah. Yeah, they do it in a fun way. I, I was going to say many things jumped out at me. The music, uh, probably the music is one of the most standout things from this whole movie. The style as well to throw into black and white, but also just to show an element of color through the red stone yes. or the bloodstone. But there, and then at the end, but I thought this was cool to end it in color, which yeah. I was very I Pleasantville. Yeah, but it brings it back to uh, today. So I overall I enjoyed it. I thought it was done very well, and mm. it very was very much similar, like you say, to those old Universal monster movie campy films, which. Yes. Um, Again, those are things that have never really appealed to me. Yeah. But I'm almost curious now to go and like watch something like that. You this, have this, uh... to. They because they're so they're so just antiquated at this point that you have no choice but to step back and kind of leave your new brain outside and then just mm-hmm. watch it for what it is. Like because if you look at it through the lens of like your 2023 self like it's just going to be this awful horrible thing but like you have to go back and take away like the cgi and all that stuff and it's just they're so different and like they work so hard to tell you a story that doesn't rely on the visual effects and and i think that they they get the chance to be creepier and more eerie because and that's why they put so much more effort into the music and like the mood that goes into the old school films because like that's what you have to do to build the tension enough because you didn't have the graphics to carry the film. Um, so I think that they work a bit harder to tell a story. I, I love them. Like I still like there's a special place in my heart for all of these old school kind of movies. Like me and my mom when I was a kid, which was way, way above what I should have been watching as a kid. But like <laughs> one of my mom's favorite old school films is Nosferatu. And so we used to watch that all the time. And that damn vampire freaked me out so bad because his nails were like so oh my god he was just he was super creepy but it was one of those things where it's like we used to sit there and watch it together and i would be scared to death but you could tell like even as a kid i could tell like this is terrible like i can you know the the graphics in here are terrible and if it wasn't in black and white it would be a horrible presentation but they're just they're so fun because they have they rely so much more on the storytelling element and i think that that is something that a lot of people kind of have lost in this day and age i yeah i think so so um I mean, you know, look at last week's Ant Man so heavily without CGI. Oh, that would be an yeah. awful film. I mean, that film would be uh, nothing without the CGI. Like the CGI <laughs> was gorgeous though in that film, but like the whole film relies on it. You know, um, yeah. I a film in Ant Man: Quantumania actually versus this film, where this film, other than the fact that somebody very cleverly made this black and white except for the stone, which I, I don't, they must have some. I don't know how they do that visual effect. It's visual effects. Though. Mm-hmm. But a lot of the effects in this were from makeup. Yes, from, the practical effects, uh, yeah. From, there were a lot of practical effects in this movie. So everything around them as an actor would have been visually there. They would have been on a set with, mm-hmm. um, like I say, 
you know, werewolves, you know, in costume or yeah. uh, there was that the guy in the box, the, the, the in the coffin. The coffin, you know, yeah. yeah. He was Everything. a puppet. He was a puppet. Like that whole thing was a, he was driven by a puppeteer. So that wasn't so, even CGI. Like that was just some dude pulling the strings. Oh, that's what I mean. So it was, a, again, a practical effect. Mm-hmm. And you've got Paul Rudd and everyone who are probably just Every, on the soundstage. They've got those little dots on them but, with all yeah. the motion mocap. But I'm pretty sure that they put Gael in a suit for this one. He is in a wolfman suit. He is not He is not doing motion capture. Oh, it looks to me like it's all suits and everything. The, I think the only person that does the motion capture is whoever is inside Man-Thing. That's, yeah, man, that's, man thing would have been CGI. Yeah, that's all mocap. But other than man thing, like everything else is people with makeup, people in suits, for sure. Mm-hmm. So short films get to know a lot of people, but did anyone jump out at you as somebody who may be a favorite character of yours? I mean, favorite character kind of has to be the werewolf, right? Like uh, Jack was definitely my favorite, but like the person that I was most curious about was that other hunter in the all white suit mm-hmm. like who was that i want to know more about that person because they were just so out there like the scotsman guy he was pretty cool but like that person with just like they kind of looked like marilyn manson from his mechanical animals album but <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's what that person reminded me of um but like i was just so curious about them as a hunter because they were so quiet like they were they were that soft-spoken kind of like I'm still going to chase you down and kill you kind of person. But like, I, that's the hunter that I would want to know more about. Um, I, my favorite was a character that didn't actually have any lines was man thing. Okay. I, I did not know that man thing was in this at yeah. all. And I don't think that trainer even shows man thing. You um, see a hand. That's all you see. When I, the first time I saw man thing, cause I've known who man thing is for a long time. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> I, I don't know if I, I've read some comics of Man Thing. There was a mini series that came out years ago um, that had some of the Generation X kids with Man Thing. It was a, oh, it's called like Childhood's End or something, <coughs> or oh, something rather. Um, I haven't read that many Man Thing comics, but I have read a few over the years. And he's not like a favorite character of mine by any stretch of the imagination. But it's not what I expected. I thought this was purely going to be werewolf and similar. Yeah. characters yeah when i saw well when i saw man thing i was like, brilliant and i was like <laughs> i just thought it's great though because they did it like i say this whole world building thing they brought him in subtly and i love the fact that he's not just purely monster yeah so he's ted he's a monster call him ted yeah like but yeah and like the comedy the comedy aspect was cool but he looked out for his friends mm-hmm. but equally was a badass to those that were yeah. not Exactly. And at the, at the end, when they're all sort of sitting together and everything, and I just want to get to know a little bit more about Man Thing. I just think yeah. it was handled really well. The CGI was good. Uh, well, not it was it was outstanding in regards to to Man Thing. Yes. But it didn't stand out like you say when we've got puppeteers and mm-hmm. and, and and practical effects. Yeah. It, I don't think you could have done Man Thing as a practical person in a suit. I think like the only way to do something like that is to do the mocap. But like for something this short and this small. Like you spend your budget wisely, right? So you've already spent your budget to make it black and white with the few pops of color. And mm-hmm. then you spend the rest of your budget to make man thing look realistic. And then everything else can be the practical effects. Mm-hmm. What I really wanted, like I was doing research and I couldn't find it, but I really want to know what the budget was for this. I don't know. Actually. I couldn't find that anywhere. Cause I'm guessing uh, they probably did all of this for like nothing. under a hundred million. Yeah. Well, why, probably way less than that, surely. Well, I don't know. I mean, possibly. 
So that was, if we figure that out, I'll put it in the show notes. But I, that's what I was very curious about. Uh, And it doesn't really like, as far as like structure and writing and stuff, it doesn't really leave too much to the imagination. Like we said, it's, it's very, it's, it it is not hard to guess what's going to happen, but at the same time, even though you can see it coming, it doesn't, it doesn't feel like a womp womp. Like it doesn't feel like a letdown. I feel, um, so I, I liked I like that it was simple, but it was still entertaining and it was something different. It's something that we haven't seen from this version of Marvel. And it also gives you the room to kind of dream or imagine like if this were to continue, if this gets a sequel, if this gets anything else, if these people pop up anywhere else, like I would still be interested in figuring some new stuff out about these characters. Like I would like to know more about Jack, the werewolf. Like how did he get cursed? Why, why does this happen? How many monsters has he saved if he was part of a hunter organization where everybody thought that he killed monsters, but like how many monsters has he actually gone out and saved instead of killing them? Yeah, I'm struggling to find, like say anything about the budget. Yeah, it's hard. They, they kept that one secret. No, uh, no, I'm not, I'm not finding it. So unfortunately, but yeah, if anyone finds out, let us know. I, I've no idea how much it costs, yeah. but. What I have found out was it um, it's done fairly well on Rotten Tomatoes, eighty nine percent audience score, ninety percent on on the review on the yeah. tomato monitor, whatever you call it. I think you have to just take it at face value. Like you can't, like I said, because because of the tone that they have set for this one, you can't look at it the way that you would look at Infinity War or Endgame. You know what I mean? Like you have to look at it for what it is trying to do, and in that sense, it does that very well. Like this. Yeah. It reminds me of the old Universal stuff. It also reminds me of stuff like Extra- League of Extraordinary Gentlemen, which I know people like to shit on that movie, but I love that movie. But oh, it's still that like that, that old school vibe of like the monsters that you are familiar with, even if you are not privy to or like are not a big fan of any kind of monster universe, everybody knows vampires and werewolves, right? Like mm-hmm. of, of the two monsters in all of creation, everybody knows vampires and werewolves. So mm-hmm. it's really easy to kind of, jump into this without having any kind of history at all because chances are at some point in your life no matter how old you are you have been exposed to a werewolf feature somewhere oh i think yeah one of the first ones i watched was american werewolf in london yeah oh did you ever see that uh the wolfman with benicio del toro i don't think so you that okay i don't think you could watch that one with your wife like that one is actually really freaking scary. It is so good, though. It's so good. I think you should you should put that on your list. We should we should do that. We should have a Halloween special where we, like a whole month of October, we should just watch like our favorite creature features. Yeah, oh, we'll figure it out. We should double it up. Yeah. Maybe like throw in some crap stuff like Ghost Rider, <laughs> and <laughs> so, um, we should do Blade. But anyway, um, but. Anyway, yeah, maybe these things too. Maybe we should just do like October till December horror. Oh my <laughs> so, god, yeah! Like, why does but, it have to just be October? We could totally do that. We're, well, that's we're what figure does. something out. Yeah, that's what Robbie does on Pop Culture <laughs> Philosophers. He has two months. The horror he? fest, does, yeah, does, yeah, horror fest. Yes, September and October. Maybe we do two two months of horror fest. So. Okay. All right. Um, anyway, the structure of this movie—it's not really a movie. It's a TV special. Yeah, it, that's what it is. It's not really a movie. It's a TV special. Um, random TV specials. We had Guardians of the Galaxy holiday special, and we had had this as well. So the structure, I think, is actually very tight. Yes. It's very tight storytelling. It's very 1930s. It's mm-hmm. actually really well done. I think, to be honest, they play real 
like uh, they play an amazing homage homage to the classic mm-hmm. monster movie of the week type movies that we had in the 30s yep you know the the cgi is minimal the practical effects is massive um the characters and um the character development while small is mainly i would say between jack and elsa mm-hmm. uh, and for me some of my favorite scenes are you know in that um little funeral place where they're um yes the doors in the tomb uh, in, in the, the tomb that's it yes, in the yes. tomb in the crypt i i thought that was brilliant just as she's about to say, don't close the door oh, yeah. oh, 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 oh damn yeah so let's give her and i just love how there's sort of the little banter and the chemistry between them and she figures out one of her relatives left some keys in the coffin yes. in the coffin like, you go digging through the dead bodies and like, i love how she's like passing him like body bones pieces. Yes. Like bones and stuff like that i was like it's so so weird and, and yeah. also funny but so, it also it's funny because like that definitely has like an indiana jones vibe right like that yeah. it, that it's still encompassing that whole era of 1930s kind of stuff yeah i thought i thought this is put together there's not anything i would have in all honesty changed about it i thought it was really subtly done uh in terms of the incorporation of a whole movie of characters that we've never seen before. Cause Marvel, right. Marvel is gradually introducing us to new people like Shang-Chi yeah. and, and um, She-Hulk and, and some of it goes down well and some of it not so well. Mm-hmm. And I think for me, I've, I enjoyed the introduction of Jack and Elsa and man thing. Yep. They've been really stand out to me. I would love to see more from this type of world. So I really hope we get a follow-on to Werewolf by Night. Yeah. I love that Jack and Man-Thing are friends. And, like, at the end, we get that little banter between them. We have no idea what Man-Thing is saying. Like, he is speaking, and Jack can understand him, but we as the audience cannot understand him at all. Mm -hmm. And they just have this back-and-forth banter where Man-Thing is like, well, I saved your life. And Jack is like, no, you didn't. Like, I I saved everything. Like, what are you talking about? And they just kind of go back and forth about who did what and who helped who. Yeah. No, I, I think I think it was great. Yeah. What about yourself? Do you have any favorite moments in this TV special? Um, I think, yeah, like you said, it was probably the crypt, the crypt scene. Like mm-hmm. because you knew, like as soon as she recognized that family member's name, you knew that she was going to go digging through that coffin and she was going to find exactly what she was looking for. Um, but I just I love the whole like you're in a maze and we released a monster and you got to go hunt the monster in the maze and whoever gets the monster first gets the stone and you win. Like it's, it's like, it's so much stuff that you're familiar with. Like, I mean, it could even be like a triwizard tournament in Harry Potter where you're like in the maze at the end and you have no idea what's happening, but you know, you got to get to the cup before everybody else does. Right. So it's just, it feels so familiar. And I think that that is just kind of comforting. So Mm -hmm. it was, it was a fun hour to sit down and just kind of enjoy the presentation. It didn't require you to think heavily. It didn't like your brain is just not like running. You're just enjoying it for what it is. And I think mm-hmm. that we don't get too much stuff like that these days. I think um so this type of short, you know, TV special was a good introduction to these characters. In a way, it makes you want more. Like mm-hmm. so if it was like an annual event, if like next October we get to see where Jack and Elsa pick up, or yeah, or maybe, maybe, maybe this October we get a man thing. Maybe Jack makes a cameo. I don't, I don't know. Yeah. Like I think I I think it was good. I think sometimes these things can outstay their welcome. Um and I've said this before, sometimes people get really good ideas that actually would be better fitted into a movie. And yeah. I hadn't really considered TV specials before. They'd be much better fitted into a movie or a TV special. Yes. And they go and make whole TV series out of them, like 12 episodes off of yes. 
actually was that really a good idea for a tv right. show probably not and and this would well, never have made it as six episodes i think if you had given this a six episode disney plus series like all the other disney plus series are that's too much time and like you said this is it's tight storytelling and i think that that is what a lot of these things lack you give them too much space and then they just feel the need to fill the space with random stuff whereas in this uh -oh. one it's like we got an hour we're telling a story in an hour. There's a beginning, a middle, and an end, and we're done. I would have been okay with this even hitting 60 minutes. I think 60 minutes would have still been fine to me. Probably getting into hour and 20, hour and 30 is a movie, team movie, and actually could have been slightly too long. Mm -hmm. uh, but again, I don't mind. I, okay, let's look at She-Hulk. I, Whatever your thoughts are, I um, would have probably appreciated actually just a TV movie, an hour mm -hmm. and a half. And even two, even with She-Hulk, if you could have cut all of that into two hours, we're in so much tighter, stronger. Um, I think there's a lot of these six-episode shows that, whilst I think Marvel have learnt with six episodes versus what we have with Netflix is 13 and, and with Iron Fist, 10 episodes, I think they've learnt a lot by bringing them down to six. Yes. This is a massive learning curve as well, bringing it down to 50 minutes. Mm -hmm. I would like to see more of this if they... Um, Marvel's got a huge pool of characters. It goes back to like the 40s when it was timely and then Marvel, et cetera. And I would love to see more of them finding characters within their vast, rich library of characters. And they own most of them now. Mm -hmm. Other than other than the Spider-Man characters, they have pretty much everything back. I would love to see them make more of these specials. I think that would be cool. I don't want them to stuff Netflix with you know too many tv shows but if we had more of these versus longer tv shows i'd be happy with that what were your thoughts on if they I, th I mean i think the same thing like we were in last week's episode we were talking about what is coming up supposedly on the 2023 schedule for marvel and it's like you've got agatha and the coven of chaos now everybody fell in love with agatha from uh wandavision right but does agatha really need a six episode series couldn't couldn't we get more of an Agatha story from a TV special like Werewolf by Night. Like she doesn't need a TV series. You know what I mean? Like why? Why yeah. does? Why are we giving Agatha an entire series? What, like I, I think an Echo series could be interesting because I think that that is a character that we could definitely explore more of. So I, that fair to say, like let's give Echo a series and see how it goes. But like I think they could have gone the route of TV special with Agatha versus giving Agatha a series. Like, but oh. I mean, we'll see. We'll see how it goes. Oh, do you know? Have you watched She Hulk yet? No, I haven't. Oh, you should watch it. You should watch it. <laughs> what you should do, we'll do an episode on She Hulk. But um, they introduced a character in She Hulk played by an actress called Patty uh, Guggenheim, who played a character called Ma Madison. Oh, yeah. Everybody loved Madison. Yeah. And uh, Madison, uh, it's with a Y and it's not where you think. <laughs> like, and like, and I like I was chatting with some friends the other day saying she should have a TV special like with Wong. So they should be a Wong and Madison <laughs> TV special. That I would watch it. Like don't they don't need again, they don't need a TV, they don't need a right. movie. But if they did a 50 minute special, oh, they should do a Christmas special with Madison and Wong. Oh like my gosh. That. But see, that's the thing. Like Disney Plus has the room to do that. You have your own network. Like you don't mm. have to shop this around. You don't have to explain it to anyone else. Like you can literally get your people together, get your budget together and say, all right, we're doing another 53 minute. Um, we're going to do, you know, Madison and Wong and we're going to do a Christmas special just like we did Guardians. Like that Guardian special was like less than an hour too. 
Do you know what they could do? You know how we we, we said last week about um, Lewis, how he could recap um, mm-hmm. uh, all of Quantumania for, for someone else in another film or something. Um, have you heard of a TV show in the UK called Gogglebox? No. Uh, it's a reality TV show. It's a, I don't watch reality TV, but basically they just have gone around the UK and found families that sit in front of the TV and they film them watching TV and they turn it into a reality show. And so, you know, throughout okay. the week, there'll always like be big things on TV. Yeah, um, yeah. And they'll just basically like, so say a lot of soaps and stuff, if something big happens, they can film their reactions and they, they have normally like the same eight or 10 families um i'm just thinking how cool would it be if like they did a goggle box for like disney characters and like madison and wong are sitting there drinking beer popcorn and like you could imagine them not just watching disney shows but like watching like other like sorry not marvel shows but like other disney shows like, yeah like a christmas goggle box special would be so <laughs> funny like with them just seeing their reactions to like other things like um i don't know uh, like something big happens in the Mandalorian or whatever. Like, like oh my god, that's Luke can you imagine Skywalker. Wong watching The Little Mermaid and him complaining the whole time? Like, how can they breathe underwater? I can definitely <laughs> see that. Like, that's the only thing he cares about. He's like, none of this makes any sense. How can they breathe underwater? <laughs> oh, see, that's what I mean. Like, we 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 should be in TV. Goggle yeah, box so, with the somebody Disney hire us, please, please. Right. Um, <laughs> so anyway, what would you rate this out of five? Five. Yeah, I give it a five. Uh, four point seven five. Okay, all right, I'll yeah. take that. <laughs> so next episode, we thought actually this is a good move. We're going to review. We're going to go back in time to two thousand and five, and we're going to review the man thing. Or oh, no, yeah. it's just called man thing. Man thing. Uh, there's a few people in there's faces you will recognise if you go to IMDb. So. Dun dun dun. I'm excited we to are... find out more about man thing. We are Geeks Unleashed on social media, everywhere, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Come say hello. Yep. And you can get this podcast wherever you get your podcasts. Google, Podbean, Apple, Spotify. We are everywhere. So please leave us a five-star review and tell your geeky friends. Thank you for listening. Have a good week. Good journey. Good journey.